It's Monday, January 11th, and you're tuned into the Cleveland Baseball Talk podcast. I'm Joe Noga, joined by Paul Hoynes, our tribe beat writer. Hoynesy, it's Victory Monday. I'm still wearing my brown shirt from last night. Oh, what time did you go to bed? Did you just stay up and watch the whole thing? Yeah, I stayed up. I went to bed about two. I don't know what it was. And my my kids were texting me. Every a couple of friends were texting me. It was it was interesting. Big Ben goes for five hundred yards. So that was that was unbelievable. Five hundred yards and four touchdowns, but four picks. I could. I I just want to. I just want to bathe in his tears. They showed him <laughs> crying on the on the bench after the game. It was just so wonderful. I, you covered the Browns for, for before they were, you know, the Browns of the eighties, right? You, you, uh, yeah. you, you were in that time when it was, it was some slim pickings in the years that you covered them as well. Yeah. Three rivers. I remember they would, they could never beat them at three rivers. Uh, they'd go down there. They, they fly down there. Sometimes they take a, a buses down there. Sometimes they'd stay at different hotels to try to break the, the jinx and nothing would happen. I remember uh, Art Modell, it was one game where they they were leading, then they fumbled late, and it was a disputed call. Art Modell comes into the locker room and is yelling and screaming to the reporters that they got robbed. And uh, he turns out, you know, who uh, was uh, um, he gets fined by the league, and uh, just uh, it was crazy. Every game seemed to be like that. Well, uh, you know, th- this is when. Uh... You know, a new standard, I guess, Baker Mayfield's talking about the new, the new standard, the new standard. Well, maybe the new standard is, is 17 straight wins instead of 17 straight losses at, at, at the, uh, in Pittsburgh against the, uh, the Steelers. Uh, who knows? I, I just think, you know, we've had to, su- I, I've had to suffer this for, you know, more than 20 years or so. Uh, my son who just turned 12, he, he now not only has a, a Cavs championship under his belt, but he has a, a Browns playoff win. And I, I just, I, it, they were, I was 18 the last time the Browns yeah. won a playoff game. It's ridiculous. Yeah. They said what they showed that Parcells was on one side and uh, Belichick was on the other, right? Coach in the two crazy. teams. The last time they won a game. That's crazy. Right. right. Yeah. So uh, good on that. And I, I guess, uh, I guess to temper the, uh, the mood a little bit before we get to the Ohio state national championship game, uh, later on tonight, uh, the Mets had to go in there and introduce Francisco Lindor, their newest acquisition, uh, the former shortstop of the Cleveland Indians. Uh, he is now the face of the Mets franchise and uh, seemed seemed pretty comfortable wearing that uh, that blue and orange cap as he was uh, talking to the media via Zoom today. Uh, just your immediate impression of uh, of Frankie today and and the way that he's adjusting now to the news that that he's going to be playing in New York. Yeah, uh, Joe, I thought he said all the right things, which came as expected. Uh, you know, Frankie, Frankie's pretty polished uh, at this point in his career with dealing with the media. Uh, I like the fact that uh, very complimentary about Cleveland, you know, said uh, in, in the Indians' attempt to assign him to a multi-year deal that they went as far as they could. And he also said that he went as far as they could. He could to, to make a deal work. And as he just said, they did just didn't have the resources that, he, you know, they just didn't hit the number he wanted. And uh, you can understand that uh, <clears throat> to a certain degree. Um, thought, uh, you know, he said, someone asked him, what's the first thing you're going to do when you get to uh, New York? He says, I'm going to eat some pizza. I love pizza. 
So I guess he'll have that, that good New York pizza. He'll have uh, as much as he wants to once the season starts. Right. Uh, I'll read you a direct quote from Frankie uh, regarding uh, the Indians and, and their the attempts to sign him. Uh, quote, for a long time, I thought the Indians could hold on to me. It was just that they didn't come up with a number. I don't know the resources. Maybe they didn't have them. I'm excited. I'm in a good place. I'm in a place that's ready to go and win. Uh, so there you have, you know, just Frankie, uh, like, like you said, saying uh, the resources didn't line up. But this is Frankie. Frankie didn't, you know, didn't try to sugarcoat it there. I don't think he, he basically came out and said they didn't have what it took to to, to sign him to, to come to that agreement. Yeah, he had a number in mind, you know, from what I heard, Joe, they, uh, the Indians offered, the Indians offered between two, 220 and 250 uh, million. Uh, Lindor wanted, you know, somewhere Lindor and his agent were pushing for more like 320, 350, and they just couldn't reach a common ground. And, uh, but I, I'm stunned that, that the Indians went that high. I really am. So that's a lot of money for this ball club, uh, but that's a lot of player they gave up. Right. Uh, it was interesting to, to hear his thoughts on free agency, and we'll get into whether or not the Mets can sign him long-term here in a minute. But uh, another uh, you know, chunk of, of, of text here, quote from, uh, from Frankie, quote, I've never said that I can't wait to get to free agency. That was always so far ahead to me. I live on a daily basis. When negotiations with the Indians weren't going how we were planning, it was like, okay, this at some point might become a reality that I might have to go to free agency or be traded. But if I told you I didn't think about it this offseason, I'd be lying. Yes, it was on my mind. I'm happy to be where I am today, and we'll see what happens. So there he sort of lets you in and, and gives you a, a window into what his thought process was. It has been on his mind, you know, being becoming a free agent, reaching free agency, that that has and and I would I would probably say you could extend that back into the regular season as well. Yeah, because you could tell you know he wasn't uh, that wasn't the Frankie Lindor we're, we're used to seeing on the field. And I don't know if it was a short season, but I think it probably had something to do with uh, you know getting closer to free agency and everything else that went into the pandemic. He said, "What is his fiance had a baby girl?" I think right. Uh, that was and, when he was talking know, about the protocols. We'll, we'll mention that as well. Right. And uh, that was interesting. Uh, so, uh, and I, you know, the thing, uh, you know, right out of the box, he was asked about possibly signing a, an extension with the Mets. He said his agent and, uh, and the Mets are probably talking right now or in the next couple of weeks. And, uh, he, you know, wasn't, he's not opposed to signing a multi-year deal. And, uh, you know, I would think, uh, if Steve Cohen has $14 billion, if he's worth $14 billion, I think they get this done, Joe. What do you think? Yeah, I, I think it, if it gets done, it has to get done in the next month or two because I think once he pulls on that Mets jersey and steps out onto the field for the first time, he's going to go play baseball. And that was that's really fits the pattern for what, what happened here in Cleveland. Uh, Francisco Lindor and his team of, of agents and, and guys never – really negotiated during the season. Once he started playing, that was it. It's time to focus on baseball. Uh, I think the same will be true in New York if they can get a deal done. Uh, Steve Cohen has considerable resources that the Indians do not have. Uh, I think the deal can be done before the season. Uh, what Do you think he plays this year at 
you know, if, if he signs an extension, it's for uh, the 2021 season playing at like 35 million. And then, you know, 10 years after that, or do you think he plays at, you know, the, the 20 million he was going to get for arbitration and then the extension kicks in after that so that they can maybe bring in, uh, you know, a, a, a catcher or somebody else as well for the Mets. Yeah. Well, you know, um, yeah, I think he would, you know, I, right now, you know, um, uh, arbitration is getting close, you know, I think January 18th, some mm -hmm. January 19th, they, they've got to exchange numbers. So I would think they'll, they'll do a one-year deal right then and then extend them sometime, you know, during uh, spring training or leading up to spring training and, you know, announce it and uh, go from there, you know, because you know, I get, you know, could because you're, you're right. You know, last year when the Indians last spring, when the Indians took their last run at, at Frankie, that was in spring training. And eventually they re reached a point late in, later in camp where it was done. He wasn't going to negotiate anymore. Right. Yeah. I mean, if he does exchange numbers and, and sign something with the Mets for, uh, you know, one year, then there's nothing that says they can't rip that up and extend it and, and say, okay, well, this is a totally new deal now. So, Maybe it makes sense for the Mets to, to just make a run at him and, and sign a 10-year deal now, which is – that that's what you would expect, these these mega deals that guys like Mookie Betts, who we mentioned in the, the negotiations, other guys like that have have signed recently. You're, you're expecting something in that 10-year range as well. Yeah, right? I would think so. I mean, he's 27, 10 years. You know, that takes him – you know, I don't – I mean, I, I'm, I don't know how much longer he wants to play – after that but you know that takes you through the bulk of your career I don't think you know there'll probably be some outs in there I would imagine and you know there'll there'll be some outs where he can turn you know go free agent again if he's if he doesn't like the direction of the ball club but uh, you know those are those are complicated contracts and uh, and they're very alluring obviously this is what he wanted and now he's going to have a chance to get it and we're going to see you know is this what you were after? Or were you really after free agency? Right. Uh, Frankie was asked about what he'll miss most about Cleveland. He said, I will miss the people. I will miss how they treated me, how they respected me, and I will miss my teammates. I'll miss all of them. That's the downside for me. But New York is New York. There's an unlimited amount of resources here. Everything is at the tip of your fingers. I'm looking forward to it. I think it's a great city for my little, to, my little girl to grow up in. Uh, that was his response to, you know, what he missed most about Cleveland. Uh, he did, like you said, uh, mention that he wanted to go for some pizza there. Uh, but also he was asked about when uh, this past season, when his teammates, Mike Clevenger and Zach Plesak, uh, broke COVID protocols and that whole situation, uh, you know, really didn't throw anybody under the bus there, said it was a, a mistake and, and all that. But that's when he did first, uh, you know, bring up the idea of, or, or, or make mention that uh, his his fiance was pregnant at the time, and that's that sort of really weighed heavy on him uh, when when Clevenger and Plesac, uh you know, went rogue and, and sort of broke those protocols. Yeah, you know, and I think you know, I always wondered, you know, just a couple of the Indians, especially uh, you know Frankie and and Cesar Hernandez. And uh, well, I should say a bunch of them, you know, all played offense and defense wearing their mask, you know, and, and even at the plate, you know, Lindor was wearing it. And, you know, I always, I never got a chance to ask him about it, but, you know, that explains. He said he didn't want to take it home, 
you know, his, his uh, fiance was pregnant. He didn't want to spread it. And uh, so, you know, uh, you know, I think that's, that explains that. Right. All right. Well, uh, just your overall impression, uh, you know, seeing Francisco Lindor wearing a Mets cap for the first time, hearing him being excited about joining, uh, joining that club and, and, and the future going forward for him. I mean, this is a guy that we've watched develop since in the, in the big leagues since 2015. And, you know, we, we as, as reporters and guys who cover him have sort of been on this journey with him. And now it's sort of sort of time to set him free and let him let him go to uh, to New York and, and let let the dogs have their chance at him in the uh, the New York media as well. Yeah, that's going to be interesting. Uh, the New York media is not like the Cleveland media. So hopefully Frankie gets off to a good start and and plays well, and uh, he's so talented. I, I think he will. I think he'll rise to the occasion, especially if there uh, if there are fans in the stands, and you know the Mets uh, get off to a good start. I think he's going to be. I think he's going to be. You know, I don't see his his game slipping at all. You know, the thing I liked about uh, what he said about Cleveland, Joe, is that you know he never had to worry about anything. The Indians just kind of let him play baseball. And they took care of everything else. You know, they took care of his family. They took care of his friends if they came to town. All he had to do was concentrate on baseball. And I think, uh, you know, that is a, a good part of this organization, the Indians organization. And I don't know if, if every, every other club is like that. And sometimes, you know, when you leave, you know, the grass isn't always greener on the other side, but uh, you're making a lot more money sometimes. So it, it's going to be it's going to be interesting. I'm glad Frankie has a Carrasco to go to to go to make you know to help the transition. Him and Carlos are, are close, and uh, I think uh, you know all in all, I think they're going to do very well over there. All right, well, I'll close that chapter on on Frankie there. Now tomorrow we have uh, one more uh, sort of goodbye or farewell to say, and that'll be uh, Cookie uh, Carlos Carrasco. In his introductory press conference with the the Mets, uh, will definitely be unusual to see him with a, a, a Mets cap on. Uh, this is what Francisco Lindor had to say about Carlos Carrasco. Lindor said he he brings great energy. He's an outstanding teammate. He cares about the game. He cares about winning. The happiness he brings to the clubhouse every single day is something to look forward to and admire. He's a great person. He's always happy. He wants to please people. That's going to be a great facet that he's going to bring to the Mets organization. People are going to love him for sure. Uh, so tomorrow we get to hear from Carlos Carrasco. We hear from Francisco Lindor about uh, his, his teammate that's, that's coming over with him. Uh, just going to be another, uh, you know, sort of weird thing to see tomorrow when, when Cookie sits down with the media uh, to, to meet the Mets. Yeah, you know, it's, it's kind of like, you know, you're losing part of your family, you know, when <laughs> all of a sudden they get traded and uh, they're gone. And, you know, that's a big part of, of the ball club, uh, the Indians. And, uh, you know, you, you know, they're good. And not only are they getting traded, they're getting traded to the National League. So you're not going to see them all that much except on ESPN and MLB uh, Network. Um, and then, uh, Joe, I heard that uh, the Indians may have you know, set something up with uh, Ahmed Rosario and uh, and uh, Andres uh, Jimenez, uh, the two players that the Indians got in the deal this week sometime. Okay, that'll be interesting to hear from them at some point. 
uh, for sure. Okay, wanted to uh, to shift gears here uh, a minute ago or, or for for a minute. Uh, story came out uh, at the it was actually over the weekend uh, that I first heard about it, but it's been out there for a while. Uh, and, and we were talking about it before we started recording here. Uh, Angels Clubhouse uh, attendant, longtime Angels Clubhouse attendant, been there for forever, uh, Brian Harkins, uh, nickname is Bubba. And basically every pitcher that went through uh, the Angels Clubhouse, uh, home or away, uh, knew Bubba pretty well, knew him as the guy who could supply them with the sticky stuff. Uh, we, we go back to 2018 and Trevor Bauer and his uh, social media war and clash with the Houston Astros and uh, the exchanges there about using foreign substances to get a better grip on the ball, better command, uh, higher spin rate. Uh, Bubba Harkins, the Angels clubhouse attendant who was fired, sort of made the scapegoat in um, MLB's investigation of teams supplying pitchers with these sticky substances. Uh, is now suing the the uh, the club, the Angels, and in that lawsuit, he names uh, several pitchers: uh, Justin Verlander, Max Scherzer, uh, Garrett Cole, uh, very famously as you know Verlander and Cole, as as uh, Bauer was sort of pointing out back in 2018. Uh, also among that list, Corey Kluber, uh, as guys in the visiting clubhouse who uh, Bubba Harkins supplied with a mixture of rosin and pine tar intended to uh, increase their grip and their spin rate on the ball. Uh, what was your reaction to see that, that basically this guy's calling Corey Kluber a cheater? Yeah, that was, uh, that was really interesting, uh, Joe. I, you know, I, you know, I think, uh, you know, you, you know, obviously you're not supposed to doctor the baseball and uh, you know, Chris Young, the, uh, who used to work for MLB and is now the, uh, the general manager in Texas is the guy that sent a former pitcher to a, you know, pitch for like 10 years in the big leagues. He sent this memo out to clubs last year about, you know, warning them about doctoring the baseball. And this is why uh, uh, Bubba got fired. Haskins got fired. Uh, you know, he claims he never saw the uh, memo, but you know, that's, that's between him and the angels and major league baseball. But, yeah, I, I mean, I'm not surprised. I think probably, you know, I, I would think the vast majority of pitchers use something to get a grip on the baseball, better grip on the baseball, um, especially in the cold weather at late in the year or early in the year. You know, and, and I think if you ask hitters, they prefer that, almost prefer it because they have better control of the ball and they're, they know they're not going to hit, get hit, hit in the head or hit, you know, hit they're not, the pitchers aren't going to be as wild because the ball is slipping out of their hands, but still it is a, a violation. And uh, those are, uh, those are some big names. <laughs> you can't get much bigger than, than Kluber, Cole, Verlander, and Scherzer. Those, those are some aces. I mean, that's all of the Cy Young winners right there over the yeah, last yeah. how many years? You and then Bauer, you know, of course, Bauer, you know, with the spin rate and his uh, little battle with, uh, with Cole, the, him and the, Cole, the former UCLA uh, teammates, and uh, the, the war of words, and, uh, you know, <laughs> he just, he, you know, so he was proved right, I guess. I, I guess he must, I don't know if he, Bubba wouldn't give him any, or he, <laughs> he, he cut him off, or, you know, but, no. but Bauer says he's never done it, right? 
No, Bauer. Well, no, Bauer. Bauer said he tried an experiment and yeah, and said he pitched right. one inning with it and and you know wanted to see if anything was different. But it, right there, it, that's that's Trevor Bauer being Sheldon Cooper and you know always having to be right about and prove that he was right about things. Absolutely, everything's coming up roses for Trevor Bauer. He said he was going to win a Cy Young. He won a Cy Young. Uh, the, the Astros cheated and got caught. He, he was, you know, leading the charge with that. Uh, and now, uh, with sticky substances, this goes back to 2018. Basically it's like the, uh, the Jordan documentary. Uh, all of his enemies are, are getting their comeuppance right now. Uh, <laughs> and it's the, it's the, it's going to be the summer of Trevor, I guess. Uh, you know, he's, he is talk about a guy that's having fun with his free agency. Oh God. I mean, it, it's some guys sweat. It's Some guys fun. sweat through it or, you know, get ulcers over it. They can't sleep. This guy is like having the time of his life. This is insufferable. He's play, he putting up videos of his <clears throat> his uh, agent, you know, talking about, oh, well, then, this is the only place to get news on. Hey, you know what? Just nobody wants to see that garbage. Come on. I honestly, and, and then to, to pick a fight with, uh, I believe it's John Heyman. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Guys. yeah. Every time John Heyman tweets something about Trevor Bauer, you know, Bauer's got something to say about it. It's, you know, just let it go. God, it, it's not like anybody's trying to make him look bad. He does a good enough job of that on his own. <laughs> I, you know, and I'm, I'm anxious to see where he signs and what kind of a contract he signs. You I, know? I, does I he really want, want him to sign deal? with does the Yankees. Does he want a multi deal? I really want him to sign with the Yankees. I want him to sign with the Yankees. <laughs> And then have one side of that clubhouse be Trevor Bauer and one side of that clubhouse be Garrett Cole. I just think it'd be perfect. It, it would be what he deserves. But but he's trying, he's revolutionizing this. He's like, I, you know, I give him credit for being his own guy, but I don't know. Right. I don't know he's, where that leads. So he's baseball's he's baseball's prophet. Everything he's basically been saying for the last five years is is all coming true. Everybody's embracing technology. Everybody's embracing uh, all of his concepts. But again, this gets away from my original question on this. Uh, apparently, Corey Kluber cheated <laughs> while yeah. he was winning those Cy Youngs. Uh, how do we feel as Indians fans about that? Well, you know, Joe, this has been going on for 100 years. I mean, you know, when Dennis Martinez and it was pitching for the Indians and Tony Pena, Tony Pena was his personal catcher, the, the the, the reason one of the reasons was was Tony's lo would load the ball up and throw it back to him with pine tar and you know so Dennis was what pushing 40 he knew all the tricks in the books and that was one of them I mean who was the guy uh, the Tigers the left-hander uh, Kenny Rogers mm -hmm. got caught with pine tar all over his hand right. in, in the World Series against St. Louis mm -hmm. so uh, you know this is this has been going on for a long time um, you know, if baseball wanted to clean it up, I think they could. This might be a step in, in that direction, but I don't think you're ever going to stop it. I, I really don't. And, and I just remember when Bauer was, you know, bringing this all up with the, the Astros. And uh, I remember Tito, his remarks were, you know, you better watch out who you accuse. And it's why we asked him why teams and players were so in the past reticent to accuse yeah. other players. It's because you don't know who's on your team doing it as well, because they don't necessarily talk about that. I mean, I don't know if Tito was trying to tell us, hey, Kluber's doing it. <laughs> Shut up, guys. But, I mean, that's that's what it sounds like to me. I mean, he, he had to have known. So, 
Yeah, I, I mean, it's not it, it does it's not a great feeling to know that your your 2017 Cy Young Award winner uh, probably was doctoring the baseball. Looking at his pitches that season, you talk about a guy who could throw a cutter that looks like it's going to hit a left-handed hitter in the belt, and then all of a sudden it's over the inside corner of the plate. Yeah, that movement is unnatural unless you've got some sort of assistance. You can't just. You look, it looked there. like he was throwing a wiffle ball at times. Hey, seriously, you know? and and we all thought it was great at the time, and it was, yeah. but uh, you know, come to find out that maybe it wasn't necessarily all Corey. Yeah, and uh, who knows? I mean, and you're what? Are you innocent until proven guilty? I guess so. <laughs> but you, well, this could be like the steroids thing, you know, like right. Well, the Mitchell, yeah, the Mitchell report. This could be the Mitchell report of uh, of doctoring baseball. It's a, a little less uh, maybe widespread than than the uh, the um, uh, steroid thing. I just wonder if when Corey Kluber throws his uh, his sessions for the uh, scouts as as he's trying to sign a free agent contract uh, upcoming this week, if uh, you know, if he's going to have access to pine tar during those throwing <laughs> sessions as well. All right. Yeah, that's Wednesday in uh, Florida. So Wednesday in Florida. Hopefully, uh, Corey throws well. All right, Hoinsey, we'll look forward to uh, talking to Cookie tomorrow and maybe hearing from the newest Indians, Ahmed Rosario and Andres Jimenez, uh, later on this week. Here on the Cleveland Baseball Talk podcast, we'll catch you later. <laughs>